0: A jolly candy-like button.
1: Yes. <laughs> you have to. You need that big red button. <laughs> my favorite. Hey, guys, welcome to another week with Spilling Ink. We have some interesting information for you. We have changed sponsors. Creative Edge, who we still love dearly, will definitely have their people represented coming on our show throughout the year. But we are happy to announce that one of our new sponsors is a family friend, so to speak. It is the wonderful people at Go Indie Now. So Go Indie Now being our new sponsor, they get the first top slot tonight. We also have another secret sponsor we'll tell you about at the end of the show. But Go Indie Now has a wonderful new show that they want you to know about. On June 8th, their show 21 Grams is going to be premiering. This is a interview. It's a live interactive interview show where the guests get to choose the interview topics but the audience gets to fill in the questions. So that should be really interesting. That one's gonna be showing live on June 8th, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Go Indie Now's Facebook page. Check the show notes below at the end of the show and we'll make sure you have all the links to them. And thank you again to Go Indie Now for helping to make our show possible. They allow us to be able to stream on both YouTube and Facebook at the same time. So we love you, Joe. All right, back to the topic at hand, our new guest for the week. Tanya, have you been on our show before? no <laughs> no great so this is your first time well tanya welcome, welcome to, to the show tanya is actually a local vegas author like me yay go indy vegas. <laughs> yep. so tell us a little bit about you and what you do tanya
0: well i am an author and an actress i do both film and theatrical work i was actually scheduled to play Cleopatra. As you know, it was my debut as Cleopatra on March 15th, and then they shut everything down, so we never got to actually do that performance. <laughs> Problem with that is, when you have a character, you know, you embody a character, you can't really release that character until you play her, and so I've been dealing with this as an emotional queen. <laughs>
2: I'm like, so you've been Cleopatra for three
0: months. That's yes, awesome. It also means I haven't had to leave my house since May sixth or March 16th. Yeah. And I have all of my things brought to me. And you know, I do My like groceries the are delivered and I'm
2: great. I like <laughs> that is kind of awesome. Did did you find the alcohol delivery service
1: too? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, are we taking milk and honey baths? Oh yes, you got (laughs) to fully go into that, yes. Spoil yourself. And of course the boss is watching Go Indy now, hey Joe. So I'm gonna call him from now on, he's the boss, both him and Becca.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I will say my mother has sent care packages, I am fully stocked and I'm grateful for all of her help and I'm very blessed and I know that there are people who are struggling through all of this. There are children who counted on those meals at school that they couldn't get because they weren't going to school. So, you know, all laughing aside, I know that I'm very, very lucky in this particular pandemic situation.
1: I think yeah, it's, it's hit yeah. everybody a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've all had major adjustments. And, and now we're kind of going the opposite way as things are opening back up slowly. We're, yeah. we're adjusting to should I go out instead of I can't go out. So it's kind of a right now and
0: yeah. i will say that i've grown quite accustomed to not having to leave my house so it's going to have to be something very important to make me leave
2: yeah now, you know speaking of masks for groceries I, oh, I know. <laughs> I know. like I three know. times three times in three months so
0: it's amazing to have groceries delivered though
1: it is it's really nice <laughs> Yeah. My favorite is the pickup. I order them and then I just go grab them and they just bring right to the car. No fuss, no muss. It's all good. That's what my
0: roommate was doing. He orders it ahead of time. He just goes, he picks it up and doesn't have to get out at all.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: No interaction with anyone but the one person and super quick.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Here at the campground, I did the, the, you know, to go service, but the campground managers went and picked it up and delivered it to my door. I'm like, oh, you can get really used to this, guys. The <laughs> like, only
0: issue with it is the lack of control with the produce, right? Yes,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah, there is that. Or when they do substitutions and you just really don't like the substitution, but <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: whatever it was, they're like, fine, I'll try that brand. It's fine, just give it to me, right? Yeah, but
0: again, these are if, if these are our problems, then we're very, very lucky in this situation. Oh, right. absolutely, right. Right. absolutely. Now,
1: speaking of the problems, though, that it's caused, Tanya, we were talking before the show started about the Henderson Writers' Conference, and you were a big part of that. (laughs) And kind of got sidetracked due to all of this. Can you tell us about how that worked its way
0: out and how you guys managed to pull it off? So, after several months of plotting and planning and arranging and finagling people and you know, making arrangements with the casino and the showroom and stuff. The world shut down, and we couldn't meet in a huge gathering that's going to have over a hundred people from all over the world. You know, we've we have an international conference where we usually end up with people from other countries. It's not just small Southern Nevada area. Not that our area is really that small to begin with, <laughs> but we had two weeks to turn it into an online conference. And with the help of Wolf O'Rourke, he like really handled the tech side of it. The two of us worked together, he did the tech, I handled the faculty and we had a, a wonderful team of volunteers who helped us have three tracks. We had two people watching each class to make sure that there weren't any tech issues or to fix the tech issues if there were any. And the attendees were wonderful. The faculty was even more amazing. The fact that they had to work from home under their own situations, some of them had people there. It was just a, a lot of luck and we were very blessed that it worked out the way it did.
1: That's good. Now, knowing that you can pull it off as an online thing, will you guys do another one next year online or will you attempt to do another in person?
0: We are going to attempt to do another in person but we are going to keep in mind that we need to be prepared to do an online conference. Now we know that we can do it. It'll be a a lot more streamlined because it won't be scramble. We have two weeks, hurry up, let's get this done. And there won't be, I hope this is good enough. It'll be, we know exactly what we need to do. Would there be an option for hybrid? It's something that people are talking about. It it would be complicated to do that. It's not out of the question though. It's a little early to, to know for sure. Okay.
1: What does it say about you guys that you were able to pull something like that off in two weeks? I mean, that's a lot of work. It's it's an amazing. It says course.
0: that willpower is an amazing force. <laughs> yes, it is.
1: <laughs> I mean that that seriously. I mean we've we've seen and we've participated in online conferences before, and it's a lot of work to to have months to prepare, but to do something right. like that in two weeks and to still be able to provide enough content for the people who are attending the classes to make sure that the, the teachers and instructors are able to still get the material out there. It's, I mean, I, I can't even fathom it. That is so much work.
0: I mean, if you put it on paper, I would have probably said it can't be done, but that was not an option. It had to be done. And if you take can't off the plate, it gets done.
1: That's amazing. Well, I hope that next year you guys will be able to do another in-person, but I do think the hybrid option right. is, is quite interesting.
0: You you miss out on the networking if you do it online. You know you don't. There there was an option to network virtually. You know there was a lounge, but it's not the same as sitting and having dinner together and just talking about your lives, not specifically about your work or your your writing. Just talking about life.
2: But you miss that
0: op- interaction,
2: right? But it does open up to the people who maybe can't get there. Right. Yeah. You know, that that's the the plus. It opens up the door to more people than. You know, just those that can get to, to Vegas. and
0: Definitely. There were people who dropped out of the conference because we weren't doing it in person, but okay. we more than made up for that with people who maybe couldn't make the trip, but now they can participate because we did it online. Right. And in fact, we even had someone, we had a faculty member who was in England. That wouldn't have happened if we oh were God. doing it in person. You right. know?
2: Exactly. Exactly.
1: So, the, so the, the time difference with the English. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we gave her all early classes. <laughs> oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. And she was wonderful. Her name is Rose Drew and she has a publishing house there. She's she's wonderful. Now, awesome. speaking of of
1: having publishers and, and editors, a lot of times at these conventions, there's pitch meetings. Were you able to still hold those kind of things for, for the yes. attendees?
0: Yes. We, we scheduled the pitch sessions ahead of time. Usually when we do it in person, you can schedule one ahead of time, and then you can schedule more at the event. This time, everything had to be scheduled ahead of time because we had to make sure everyone had the correct links and could connect with each other and not interfere with their classes. And it's not like we have a person on site who can just go down the list and organize it. Right. So we changed that a little bit by making it an, an online thing that you do ahead of time. And with the exception of one of the faculty members, it worked out great. One was just having trouble with the tech side and then she made special arrangements to help people after the conference. It just wasn't during the conference, but she oh, nice. opened her email and her her services for the next week afterwards. So it worked out. That's good.
1: <laughs> We've got a couple comments here in the... Yeah. Comment section about yeah i'm that. like I'm, uh, I'm looking over there now <laughs> i am mean, I'm, I'm always fascinated with when you go to these conventions you know like you said it's the networking but it's also the ability to get your work critiqued it's the ability to take the classes and learn some things that you might maybe didn't learn and, and that goes for new authors as well as seasoned authors
0: you know, you have
1: been in the business for a while. You still have so much that you can learn. Right. And, and being able to attend these events is just such a wonderful experience. And and you do. You walk away with the camaraderie. But you also walk away with knowledge and that boost of inspiration that makes you want to jump back in and write.
0: Yeah. Right. And getting to hear other people's stories, that always sparks an idea. You know, you might hear one word and it's like, ooh, ooh. that gives me an idea.
1: And that's, that's one of the crazy. things I've been missing because everything has been canceled. My entire summer schedule was canceled. I know you guys are all feeling the same thing. Everybody's mm-hmm. been canceled, <laughs> and and I think that's it's hit me in the inspiration section. I don't. I mean, I know I want to write. I know I have a story that's somewhat outlined, but then I sit down and I just don't have that that drive like I'm supposed to have, and and I feel it. I feel drained. It's that that. Yeah. I just can't.
2: I think it's been that way since, since March for me, you know, but I'm starting to crawl out of it a little bit, writing a little bit. I mean, even if it's a sentence or two, you know, a week, it's not a day
0: <laughs> at this point. But right. Sometimes know. it's just about showing up to do the work. Even if you don't get much done, eventually right. your body will know it's time. It's time right. to write now. If you just show up and do the work, eventually it'll come. You tell the muse, this is our appointment and your, your muse will show.
1: And that's right. true, you know, the whole nothing motivates like a deadline. Absolutely, yes. you, know, you know, you have to do something, you do it. And uh, I know the Three Furies ladies, they run um, weekly sprints. Sometimes they just run impromptu sprints. And if I'm on when they're running one, I try to jump in because that helps just knowing that, hey, we're all writing in 20 minutes. And at the end of that 20 minutes, we're gonna post our word count. Just yeah. that little bit of... of kind oh, yeah, of that co-
0: competitive nature. I was going
1: to say, the competitive nature. You got nature. something done. <laughs> it's like, there was who was day where... to be the one with the most? <laughs> there was a day where I, I had no inspiration whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And I even told them, I said, yeah, I guess I'll join in, but I don't know what I'm going to write. I may write the word high 5,000 times. And <laughs> while I did, because, you know, the act of typing sometimes helps. While I did write gibberish for a little bit, I did manage to pull... A couple of good sentences out, which did spark an idea. So it it did help.
0: Yeah. I went to a ladies' writing retreat earlier this year. And, you know, I I always have a lot of things going on. So I had a plan for what I was going to write. And when I got there, the internet would not work, I I could not pull up my saved files in Google Drive, you know. And so I had been putting off the speech that I was going to write. That I, or that I was going to give before the, I did a diversity panel, mm-hmm. a panel on diversity and inclusive writing. And I realized, you know what? I have a blank page, I have time, I'm going to write that speech. And so I just wrote my rough draft without, without accessing my story, without having my blog to distract me. I just focused on that and I was able to get it done. So it might seem like it was a problem, but it forced me to, that deadline and that time forced me to get something done that needed to happen anyway. <laughs>
1: And, well, that's and it does, that, that's a, you know, it's a good thing to push yourself sometimes even when you don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> well, and speaking of that, again, before we went on live, we were talking to you Tanya about different types of writing and you had mm-hmm. mentioned something about adapting um, one of your stories into screenplay. And that's something we've touched on, but we've never actually delved into. So can you kind of give us a little bit of background on that and tell us how you go about getting into that space of adapting something that you've already written?
0: Well, this was another one of those deadline situations where I was given an opportunity to submit a screenplay, an opportunity that I would not have ordinarily had. I've never written a screenplay. It's not like I have a screenplay literary agent, but I do have an acting agent who happens to be a literary agent for screenplays. And he contacted me and said, you know that novel that you're trying to get published? I know someone who want, who's looking for screenplays, full length screenplays that are along those lines. So if you get it to me as a screenplay, I'll submit it for you. So I was given a deadline and it was an impossible deadline.
1: But <laughs> <laughs> nothing motivates like a deadline. So, Those I
0: great. went <laughs> offline. <laughs> right. And I, I went offline. I stopped social media. We were already on lockdown. It's not like I had any social obligations that I had to deal with. And I just wrote and wrote and wrote. And re- really, when you're adapting, it's cutting.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's, it was so much cutting. And so I'm I had to dissect my manuscript and just determine what is not essential. Mm-hmm. And it was heartbreaking because I'm cutting out characters that I love. My The mother for my main character was not essential for this book. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it yeah. was real. it really, truly hurt me to remove yes. characters and get it into screenplay length because you know they don't wanna look at something that's 150 pages. Oh, you're a debut writer and we're gonna do a three hour movie for you? No, <laughs> that's not going to happen. Right. <laughs> And so I had to surgically remove characters and cut scenes. And then sometimes I had to just change scenes. It's like, okay, so this setting wouldn't work. This is, you know, when you write a novel, it can take place wherever you want. But when Mm -hmm. you're writing a screenplay, you have to keep in mind, they need to be able to create this environment. And it shouldn't be ridiculously expensive. If you're not writing a sci-fi, there's no reason to have some extravagant set. Right. So... I try to reuse places or use different parts of the same place. And okay, so this character is gone, but this this element is still needed. So I will give this section to this character to say and this section to this character to say so that you still get the dynamic and the ideas that are you know you still get what's important in the scene but you don't necessarily get the chaos of so many characters that how are we going to hire 15 characters for this one thing, you know. <laughs> But that's that's
2: an awesome way to pare down, and it gives you an idea. Yeah, it's probably good for blurbs too because you've got to get down to the essential, yeah. the essential pieces of the story. What's the important parts? And you're right. You know, the script, the script writing on that is. It, it, It's got to be heartbreaking. (laughs) It it was. It was so
0: painful because, you know, you think you get it down and you look and it's still too long. So you have to go and you have to go at it again and take another pass. And what can I condense? What can I remove? How can I wrap up this conversation? So you still get the same impact with all all of this dialogue. Right. Right. Because the dialogue is king in the script. Right.
1: (laughs) Now, one of our, our audience members, Julia, asked if you used a certain program to put it into screenplay form.
0: I used a program called Fade-In because it's compatible with a lot of other programs that are out there. and its You do have to pay for it, but it's not as expensive as some of the ones where if you're making a living writing screenplays, you would want to invest in something like that. It does everything that I need for this stage. And it it converts to those other programs so that if someone is using them, you can still read it.
1: Yeah, and that's a very particular format.
0: It is. And fade in, I believe you get the updates for free. Like I, you know, had to do research and I had some help with that too. It's like, you know, I'm asking people that I know in the industry and then people who are just really good at researching. It's it's nice to have a team to help me. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, I I asked one, we have a filmmaker in town, Kelly Schwartz, and I contacted him and you know and told him, I'm I'm embarking on this crazy task. Can you help me? You do this for a living. And he actually told me to stop writing and gave me some research to do. Read this script, read the be- this beginning scene, read this. there's that part of me that's like, but I'm on a deadline, I need to keep moving, you know? Yeah. But he gave me new insight, and so the work that I was doing was smarter, you know? So I was working really hard, great, but because he gave me new tools, it helped me to do a better job.
1: That makes a lot of sense. I mean, when we we talk to new authors, we tell them to write the book that they would want to read, look at the books in your genre, study those as a, a way of developing your characters and plots. So yeah, naturally, If you're going to write a screenplay, you want to look at good screenplays and see what they're doing right in order to to emulate that. Exactly. That makes a lot of sense. But I just the cutting down portion of it, like my heart hurts. I know (laughs) the thing is, you know,
0: (laughs) your darlings. I can just
1: after it's worse than killing your
0: darlings for a novel because you've already you've overwritten the novel when you're taking out pieces that felt essential to the novel, but it. It gave me the opportunity to take another pass at that novel and say, you know what, maybe this really wasn't necessary. And then to know definitively, you know what this is. It's too much to put on film, but it's still important for this story. So I will keep this one. Now, it's better to know for sure.
1: And did you pare that down and reprepare it to
0: go out? I did. Okay. That's yeah, great. it strengthened my novel to turn it into a screenplay after it was a novel. <laughs> I, I like that. I,
1: I, I like that approach. I mean, that's, you know, it's doing like triple the work. But yeah, the product is probably so much more refined and so much. It is polished, refined. polished,
0: polished. <laughs>
1: Now, did it help you at all when it comes to the one thing we all dread, which is writing the queries, the summaries, the synopsis, all of that, which we have to pare down even further and distill it into uh, like a 250 to maybe a thousand word chunk?
0: Maybe just the the pitch line. It helped with that because I did do a small pitch page to go along with it. Mm -hmm. But I would have to say that Henderson Writers Group and the Las Vegas Writers Conference, that has helped far more with how to write a query and how to write a synopsis, that kind of thing. I rewrote all of that again after this last conference. I was one of the people who did work one-on-one with the agent who was having the tech issues. And after I changed my query, I started getting all these full requests. I was like, you know what? It, it, good. it mattered. Yes, it does. <laughs> it made a difference. <laughs> it's the same story, you know?
1: <laughs> It's all in how you sell it. I mean, I, I've seen, you know, even let's face it, we're home a lot. We're probably binge watching a lot of TV. Mm-hmm. Sometimes as you're going through TV and movie channels, something looks one way and you don't want to watch it because it looks stupid or, mm-hmm. or the quick summary on it doesn't sound right. But a friend comes up to you and says, oh, my God, this was the best show. And they sell it to you in that different way. Yes. You're like, oh, why didn't I watch this? Why did they write it this way when it right. clearly should have been that way? Like, there's <laughs> so a YouTube
0: show called Black Girl in a Big Dress. And this has been out for two years. I'm wondering, how has no one loved me enough to tell me about this show? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just like five to seven minute videos. It's very, it's what I watch when I'm eating something. Because I don't have time to take a real meal break. But I like to watch something when I'm eating. And you know what? I can take seven minutes and watch this show and it's fantastic, it's adorable. I wish someone had told me. So now this is me telling you guys, watch this show, get this girl a real contract. She should be doing bigger than YouTube.
1: And maybe she will, hopefully, you know, eventually word gets around.
0: Right. But
1: you know, it is, it's all in how you sell it. And sometimes you think selling something one way or pitching something one way is the best way to do it. and And you're so, yeah. You need the perspective. You need right. That. You're too close to it. You know? Yes, definitely. And I,
2: I've helped a couple other writers write their pitch letter to agents because I've read the books that, for them, <laughs> and and one of them actually landed an agent from my my I'm like, no, 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 this is what's important here. <laughs> and he landed an agent. So it's
0: like, I had someone and, from and one, of one of my writing groups front. rewrite my query. Yeah, she wrote it, and it was like this story sounds amazing. I would never say these things about my book. Like I would never mm-hmm. be so presumptuous to say these things. And I used it. And again, yep. full request from a, a huge house. And it's just like, so fingers crossed, you know? Yes.
1: <laughs> yes.
2: There, I crossed him.
0: Fingers, <laughs> toes, eyes.
1: Wait, no, don't cross your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not on video. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't do that. I tried. <laughs> oh, look, somebody else likes that show too. Yeah. There you Hi, go. Valerie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Valerie is one of my super fans, and you, you don't know what it means to have super fans at my stage, you know, <laughs> before I've actually even done anything huge. <laughs> it's
1: awesome. <laughs> we all need the cheerleaders. We need those who yes. help us, especially when we're at our most doubtful, because let's face it, we're all our worst enemies. Yes. We
0: are. And, you know, critics. being an author and an actress, I invite rejection daily. And sometimes it hurts tremendously. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's, you know, eh, I'm fine. I can get over it. And other times it's, I should just quit everything. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got a rejection on my query. I should never be an actress again. One has nothing to do with the other. But you <laughs> <I'm> <laughs>
1: like, Wait a minute. No.
0: Yeah. They reject the whole
1: thing. I get it. Right. I totally get that. <laughs>
0: I just can't be a creative in any method, any means whatsoever. (laughs) I should just quit everything. And then you get someone like Valerie who's like, I'll watch anything that you do. Okay, then I will keep making stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Or I'll read everything
1: that you write, yes. Yes. (laughs) Our other boss is on watching us too. And yes, she will definitely shake the <laughs> for us. But she will also get out the uh, cattle prod when we're not doing what we're supposed to. The whip. Yeah, you need that too. <laughs> so I <know>. there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's true. We do. We need our our cheerleaders absolutely, and and there is a lot of rejection. And I can't yeah. I can't imagine being an actress and being an author because you're getting it from different sides. You're not only getting the the creative; (laughs) you're getting the physical as well, because Mm -hmm. as you go in for a part, you're you're physically embodying that character and- It's actually easier
0: to to miss out on an audition. For one, only one person can get that job. Mm -hmm. So while several books can be chosen at an agency, only one person can get each role. And so when you have 10 fantastic actors you just have to pick the one that's best for the role. It doesn't mean that the others are bad. It just means that one was the best for the role. And right. that can be any number of things like where they're actually located. Are we saving money by not having to fly them here? Or how do they look in relation to the other characters? Are there family members that you have to consider? Being an actress of color, that makes it more challenging for me because I, I don't look like the average person. So I can't fit into just any family without them having to rewrite something. It would have to either be a non-biological family or it'd have to be a mixed family. And then they have to expand that into all of the other characters in the story. Or, you know, it's funny though, because in theater, they don't care. Right. They don't care at all in theater. You don't have to match. It's just, you have to be the right, you have to be able to embody the character and Mm -hmm. your physical appearance doesn't matter whatsoever. So which so, do you prefer, theater or, or film? They both have wonderful elements because with theater, you it's a different performance every time you do it. Mm-hmm. And you get that immediacy with the people right there in the room. You know if your work is landing. Okay. But with film, you can hone in and make sure that it's so polished and so right that you are giving the best version of yourself the best mm-hmm. version of that character because it's not just one take it's not all right well you know you have one shot to get this entire thing and if you mess up everyone is going to see it <laughs> you know <laughs> no pressure <laughs> right I mean, you can you can get a close-up on someone's facial reaction if you're doing it on film and sometimes that you miss that if it's Theater, because unless you're in the front row, you might not be able to see that level of detail. Right. So I really do enjoy both storytelling mediums and I enjoy watching both too for that very reason. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, has being a, a an actress and embodying different characters helped you to create your own characters and stories? Have you used yeah, some of these experiences? Definitely. And
0: one of the things that I have done as is gone out into the world as a character I'm writing. So being an actress has allowed me to just be this character. And you see how people react in real life to that character. So, okay, I'm in this person's head, but I'm, I'm also getting the experience of how do people respond to her? When she walks in and demands this type of treatment, Do people kowtow and give it to her? Or are they like, I'm going to spit in your food, you know? (laughs) You look like you're thinking about that,
1: Katie. I am, I am thinking about (laughs) (laughs) it. Again, it's all perspective. And sometimes something just triggers and and, yeah. Um, so you, you hear one
0: thing and you get an idea and you're like, yep, I need yep. to put that aside.
1: <laughs> There's my squirrel moment for today. Right. Jason's right here, so one of us has to be the squirrel. <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm, I'm having squirrel moments too,
1: <laughs> but I'm just not.
0: When, I, when to I went him. to London, I I went to all these different areas because I have a lot of stories that take place in London. Not a, not necessarily the same book. But you know, when you're there, you have to fit the research for all the different stories, even the ones you're not actively working on, into right. the trip. And one of the characters likes to exercise in the park, and she she gets tired of doing her warm up at home that she was doing just because it's embarrassing to do it at the park. And she decides, I don't care what people think. I don't know anybody here. I'm just going to do my exercise in the park, and then I'll go on my run because she would go on a run after she did the warm up. by the time she gets to the park, she's not warm anymore. Right. So she just starts doing it in the park. And I decided, all right, I'm just going to be brave. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to do her exercise in the park. And I did it. And it was embarrassing. And a school of children walked by and started pointing and laughing at me. And it's, (laughs) well, I guess that's going in the book. (laughs) You know? Yeah. (laughs) That is not an experience I would have imagined on my own. But hey, and I had to just experience that as her she wouldn't be embarrassed she didn't care i was mortified but she, what does she care about what they think
2: right i
1: love that because
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'd be right there with you 100 mortified yeah. it's like nope i've decided i'm her and veronica would not care so just yep. keep going you know <laughs> yep I just wave back. <laughs> oh, you wave.
1: You're an extrovert. You would. Yes. Come join me. Oh. <laughs> I a rock or a tree or something. Don't look at me. <laughs> but, you know. Of course, I am like you know the awkward
2: <laughs> ostrich. I, I am not. I have no flow. I have no
1: grace. So so yeah, it would be just that much more mortifying. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but you just lean into the skid right there. You're like, you know what? I'm I'm owning this. Right. This is how it is. <laughs> 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 okay,
0: I'm in it now. I'm committed. I'm just going to finish this as Veronica and then I can go and be mortified in my room later you <laughs> as know, <Tanya. laughs> You know, well, it was
2: it's a good exercise in knowing what the feelings are, but if she was not mortified by that. Or if she was under, But that was tested, wasn't it? That
0: theory was yes. tested.
2: <laughs> yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> well, again, going back to write what you know, you write your experience. You felt the experience of it. You know your feelings, and you can separate them from what your character's supposed yeah. to be. yeah. <laughs> No and knows. so
0: in truth, it affected her more than she thought it would, but she still maintained, you know what, I'm not going to let it change who I am. Yep,
2: <laughs> I, love I, that. I need to
0: exercise
2: and this is right. how I get there. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's that whole, I need to do something right. regardless, regardless of how I look doing it.
0: <laughs> it. It was a test though, it was a real <laughs> test. <laughs>
1: Like, oh, you think you could just go out in the world as your character, huh? Yeah, let's see how you handle this. But then the question is, once you were able to do that, the next time, was it easier?
0: Yes, definitely. But that's true for any skill that you're exercising. You know, is it easier for me to write a screenplay now that I've done it once? Absolutely. Is it easier to write a novel or a short story or anything that we're writing? Of course it is. And then I will say we were talking about rejection earlier. Because the writing is so much more personal, that rejection is a thousand times more painful because that feels like, oh, we're rejecting your heart and soul versus we're just rejecting you as this character. You don't embody this work, but when your own work is rejected, that's like you are being rejected. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like that's a pass on you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's, yes. I guess
0: <laughs> that's how it feels, it's, anyway. <laughs> it's,
2: it's been it's been a long time since I went the you know merry-go-round of agents and stuff like that. Yeah, that, that's why I'm indie. <laughs> you feel <laughs> the same way though when you get a bad review. You know, I, somebody is. I is, just kind of like, <laughs> unless it's aimed personally, I'm kind like, eh. of like, yeah. Some are though, not not
1: personally, but you yeah. can read some reviews where. The 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 reader has taken such an affront to your book, you have physically injured them by making them read <laughs> it. Not that you did, um, mm-hmm. but that's the way they approach their review and they attack instead mm-hmm. of just writing. You know, I didn't like the characters, I didn't like the story, it didn't make
0: sense.
1: You know, this author should never write another word again. You know, that yeah. kind of
0: stuff. Yeah, well, let's just say I'm looking forward to that as a problem. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't know. I, but I, you have I, to, you just like with a rejection, you have to learn to grow the thick skin. And you right. know what? It's, or you it's, look, and you have to look
2: at it and go, okay, do they have a point or are they just not my target audience? Because that's a key thing. <laughs> you know? Right.
0: And they might have a valid point or yeah. maybe dude, this wasn't for you, you know? Like, why are you even reading it? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Thank you for reading it. Thank you for caring enough to say something. (laughs) (laughs) But obviously my writing isn't for you. Read something else. However, thank you for reading.
1: (laughs) A friend of mine will say, anytime you get a bad review, go to your favorite book online, look up their reviews, because I guarantee you your favorite book is going to have some equally horrible review on it. Because not every book is for every person. And so that that helps to dull the pain when you get a bad review. If you can go to something that, you know, you have such great appreciation for and somebody else has been equally as as mean about that book.
0: Well, now I'm going to do that. (laughs) That, that That's a good idea. Not my advice,
1: but that came from a friend and and it does help, Yeah, especially when
2: you get a bad review. Have you guys ever gotten scathing emails from
1: readers? Oh, no
0: not for readers but i have had i've had literary agents tell me that my voice is not authentically black enough my writer voice like i'm like okay not all black people sound the same right and it's always a white person telling me this (laughs) i'm I'm like what yeah exactly how does that work (laughs) please tell me how i could be blacker you know how am i supposed to sound i mean (laughs) <laughs> so I just say, please, I'm blacker than thou, you know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's that's a ridiculous
0: thing because it's you're right. It is ridiculous. Everybody's
2: different. Like,
0: Everybody's different. How can a straight person tell a, a gay writer your your voice doesn't sound gay enough? I mean your character passes for straight. Like, excuse me, we're right. not all the same, you know. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> So uh, while that was they're, very they're painful to hear, I, I'm at the point where I understand now that's just not the right agent for me. That's right. thank you for letting me know that we are not a good fit. And right. I won't I won't query you with my next book, you know. <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I've gotten the email. And I actually <laughs> I actually wrote back and I said, I'm sorry you felt that way because it was one of my earlier books, which is you know it was survival games, which is really harsh in some ways. And, and it triggered things in her. And I said, I'm sorry for that. You know? um, And and thank you for being brave enough to reach out to me. And it it actually turned it around. She responded. She didn't expect me to respond in such a nice way to say, you know, I'm sorry you felt that way. I'm sorry this did this to you. You know, I know it's a harsh subject, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe maybe one of my other books would be more your, you know, up your alley. Um, It doesn't have any triggering things in it. Well, most of them do. <laughs>
0: but, but, but you can't always tell what's going to trigger someone else. You know, exactly. I mean, you can exactly. only write what matters to you. And there will be things that other people can't handle or just don't ever want to read about. And that's fine. Right.
2: Right. And it was very brave of her to sit down and write something. And it was very... It told me that I have affected emotions in her from my writing, right. which which was a good thing. You're doing <laughs> that. You made, made her feel. angry. You made her feel. Yeah. You know, I, I accepted her anger <laughs> and said, you know, you have every right to feel that way. I'm sorry it did that to you, but, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know. So saying somebody's brave to reach out and do that, it's its one
1: thing, but yeah. We, <laughs> I can't believe you responded, that that's. It wasn't. You it wasn't you're gonna open up when you respond to somebody who sent you a, a nasty gram of any sort.
0: I'm sorry, but I have to bring up, did you see Rebecca Jonesy's note to write with darker ink to make it blacker? <laughs> I just saw that. <laughs> Oh, that's good. That is
1: hilarious. <laughs> 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 yep. I'm like, That'd
0: be a good response, too. Yeah. Send it back in bold. You know? <laughs> I,
2: I, I guess I have no preconceived notions. You know, I, I'm like, that comment blows my mind because I, you're,
0: a person. <laughs> well, the first time it was, wow. But the, the it was like, it happened two or three times and it was just, okay. So this is a thing. This is a thing that is going to prevent me from getting published is that I don't sound the way people expect black people to sound, but I'm not going to change who I am no. to fit their stereotype. You know yeah, what I mean? No. That, then I'm being inauthentic. Yeah. And then how could that possibly translate to anything worthwhile on the page? Right. And that's one
1: opinion too. I mean, you can't, you can ask a hundred different people what they would expect someone to sound like, and you'll get a hundred different answers.
0: Right. You know, but the problem is they were saying that it, it won't sell if it doesn't Match people's expectations, but I'm still not willing to change yeah. my writing voice <laughs> to be fake black, you know what I mean? Like, no, I'm right. going to be the real kind of black that I am.
1: But even right. then, you're, you're also not meeting everyone's expectations, you're meeting one particular person's expectations, right? Makes sense either. The story is what's important, the characters and how they go through their journey that's what's important.
0: Right. You know. And guess what? We all love, we all hate, we all get hurt. It doesn't matter what you look like. We all experience human emotion. Right. Exactly. We all <laughs> suffer from the same wants and needs and pains and desires as any other person. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely, I, I agree. <laughs> it's just it, I'm still blown away by that. It's like, okay, now I want to read your book. <laughs> because I'm like, I'm like, what does somebody have a preconceived notion of?'m
0: I'm, I'm well, sorry. my main character is very anachronistic. You know, she has a cat named Bennett. She loves Jane Austen, and so she thinks in big words, you know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and apparently, black people don't do that. From where? I, 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 don't, I don't know. This is news to me.
2: I, I, I'm still trying to connect those dots. And that that's probably yeah, part I, of the part of the part of the problem out there today. That you know, is because <laughs> I, you know, it's like you, you act human. Okay. Right. <laughs> there you go.
1: Exactly. Like yeah. my
0: mother is white, but my grammar is better than hers. So what are you trying to say here? You know?
1: Yeah. It it breaks down to its character, your character, you must stay true to that character. And when you build that character, you build them with their traits, their beliefs, their strengths, their weaknesses. That's what builds the arc of their stories, how you against those elements.
0: So if you you want to tell me that my story is weak in the middle or that the ending wasn't satisfying, or the character wasn't strong enough, or the conflict wasn't strong enough. Okay, we'll talk about that, but don't tell me that my voice is inauthentically black because A, you're not black, so you can't tell me what authentic black is, and right. B, it's authentic for me. Right. Yeah, that's the character you created.
1: That's their voice. Right. And, and yeah. <laughs> yeah the I, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry. <laughs> it, it does. It, just... Yeah. <laughs> And that makes me angry because, no, we've talked about it earlier before the show started. We have a lot of people in power who cause those to become issues where, you know, stories aren't being looked at because they don't fit within certain parameters or they're being ignored because of the authors who are sending them in. It, and it's, it's ridiculous that people who have control over that can do that and can say something stupid like that and give
0: your book a good look because of their own prejudices. Or they they think that the book should focus on whatever the diversity is. If it's an LGBTQ book, it has to be all centered on that. It can't just be that they happen to be gay. Oh, this story has to be, oh, it's a Latina book. Uh, Well, then it has to deal with all of the issues she faces for that. Why? Why can't she just happen to be from a Latino community and it's part of her and all of this other stuff too and she's trying to get a job and she's falling in love everybody does these things why why do we need to focus on the adversity of being other that just makes us feel even more other you know what i mean oh absolutely and if you want to write a book about that great but you shouldn't have to you shouldn't have to focus on that for it to be deemed publishable because i mean these are not burdens that everyone has no Women don't have to write just about being women, though there's still a prejudice for women's fiction. Why do we have to have a category called women's fiction? Right. Yeah. There's no male fiction, it's just called fiction. And the only difference is the protagonist is a female. Well, that doesn't mean that a man couldn't enjoy reading the story. Plenty of women read stories where a man is the protagonist and they enjoy it just fine. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I've
2: written a man as a protagonist, as a main character in a lot of my stories. i
0: yeah. killed
1: one of them that I absolutely love. <laughs> I'm so sorry.
0: <laughs> you don't sound so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the She's story not.
1: She sends me her work to beta read. She sends me her work to beta read, and sometimes she'll warn me. And sometimes she doesn't. And I get to the part and she gets a very mean letter from me. Why did you do
0: that? It's (laughs) better to not warn your beta reader because then you get an honest reaction.
2: Oh (laughs) she does. I think you cried. You cried on that one, right? That was
1: Tom, right? Yes. He was one of my favorite characters too. But (laughs) and then but then again, (laughs) just last week we were discussing other characters that have to die. Yep. They have to die to forward the story, and whether we want them to die or not, sorry, it just has to happen. And it, it's very hard, and that's why I've been puttering around with the story,
0: because I know this has to happen, and I don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> right, you get to that point where I don't want to kill this person, I, I don't want them to I, be gone, but, but, <laughs> but I, I have to do it. I it. it.
2: <laughs> I was like, damn it.
0: <laughs> no, and I
1: agreed with her. I, they, they had to, to die, but... Yep we have to make it worthwhile. So yes. you got to make their, their death meaningful. Yep. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. That one. <laughs> well, yeah. And that's why I haven't been
2: so focused. I think that's where my focus is going, you know, squirrel over here. OK, let's start a little bit dabble here on a little bit of the story, dabble here on a, a different story, dabble here. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to finish this one because this one's going out in October. So I moved my editing date. So, it's not a lot. <laughs> thankfully, because I knew once we sold our house and did all this stuff, and the coronavirus
1: came, I'm like, I'm not going to get this done by July.
2: <laughs> and thankfully, I didn't.
1: I did yeah. move it. <laughs> so better to give it time and marinate and get the story mm-hmm. exactly as you want it than to try and rush through. Right. Right. And even when you have an outline, sometimes knowing where the story is going doesn't mean you're going to get there in that same you know, picture. It's going to look a little different and things change along the way and you hope to end up in the same spot. Yeah. It might not be the exact same spot you were looking at. I know. (laughs) I know. So Tanya,
2: what's your your writing framework like and how long does it take you from beginning to end?
0: I don't think I have a consistent method yet because my first book I, I wasn't trying to write a book. I had a dream that turned into a piece of fan fiction and I started writing that fan fiction. Didn't even know what fan fiction was, but since these were existing characters and I was writing about them, someone said, that's called that's fan fiction. fiction, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, oh, I didn't know that was a thing. I started writing that and these things kept happening in the story where I was like, they wouldn't do that. So I would take that and put it aside and oh, that that's not them. And I would put it aside and I realized, I am writing this story now, you know? I am no longer writing this fan fiction. I'm writing this other story. And 200,000 words later, I realized it might be more than one book. (laughs) I think so. (laughs) But I wasn't, I didn't consider myself a writer. I may have written things from time to time on my own. I had started a book years ago, but I, I didn't really think it would go anywhere or do anything. But this book just took over and I don't, I'm usually a planner with anything. So it was weird to, to write from the seat of my pants cause that's yeah. not the kind of person I am. And it, it just exploded into a series. And so I finished the first book, finished the second book polished the hell out of the first book. And that's the one that I'm querying. The second one is only kind of half polished mm-hmm. and I'm still trying to get an agent for that first book. Yeah. I have started another book that is separate from that and that is I'm going at it a little more structured where I had ideas for what each chapter would do and I know exactly what the ending is going to be. I'm only 25,000 words into that. I've written short stories, those I will usually write in a in a day or so. Mhm. So I don't really feel the need to outline a short story because i I just write until it's done and then I revise and I either add or take away as needed. And then, because I did that screenplay, I don't remember I don't think we said it on air, but we were talking about how um, I wrote that screenplay, and it happened to be at the same time where I was kind of supposed to be shooting a film. I had a starring role in a feature film that was supposed to, shoot in may and you know life happened and we can't film right now so they put that off to just some unknown date Mm -hmm. the director was kind of bummed and i said well what if we did a project that could be done at home what if we wrote something that could be filmed at home and so she's like okay you're helping me we're co-writing this (laughs) so we did we co-wrote it in a few days and we finished filming Just, we wrapped filming this week. That's
2: awesome.
0: So I wouldn't have thought of myself as a screenplay writer. It was one of those distant things I would eventually touch on I make movies. So of course I want to write my own material. There aren't enough roles for people who look like me. But getting over that hump to actually get started, you know, it's the hardest thing to do is to just start. But when you have someone prodding you with a deadline or you have someone who says hey you're helping me with this okay for that i didn't know what was going to happen we just kind of had a powwow meeting we met over zoom we had we cast that project first it was weird like we put out the casting call got the people who were willing and able to participate and then we had just kind of an idea fest where okay, we'll brainstorm this here, this here. And we picked people at random. We're going to have this kind of story. We picked four different types of stories and we found a way to piece them together. That's so cool. So I've done a whole number of styles. I can't really say I've settled on one. <laughs> I, I believe eventually I will be considered a blend of pantser and plotter where I will initially plot, but give my characters enough room to go where they need to go. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And you can be whatever you want. There's no
0: right right way to do it. Right way. Oh, I know. It's whatever works for you. (laughs) There's some people who (laughs) get bored if they have it all plotted out and then they don't want to write it anymore. That's not me. I like knowing where it's going. (laughs) (laughs) My My
1: first book took me five years to write because I outlined it from beginning to end and I felt so boxed in that I didn't have the creativity to write the scenes. I I didn't There was nothing there. And so when I went off script and I was able to just write what I felt like, the book finished itself. And the next book took six months to write and the next book took three months to write. And ever since then, I've done the same thing. I've refined the way I do it. Sometimes I do my to-do list, you know? Sometimes (laughs) I do a sheet. Sometimes I do a couple paragraph outline. You know, it, it depends on the story, but each time it's been a little bit different. And it's whatever the One story thing is. that is
0: consistent for me is that, you know, you get bursts of ideas and mm-hmm. I'm someone who will always get an idea while I'm exercising and can't do anything about it or when I'm in the shower. Yep. So I've spent countless hours after the shower just, you know, dripping wet, typing on my phone, let me get this down before I forget this thought. Mm-hmm. And it might not be the story that I'm currently working on, but this scene came to me. And I get it down, and then when I am ready to sit and work on that particular story, hey, here's a rough draft already of this scene, just based on thoughts that you know, shower thoughts, basically. <laughs> yeah, I used
2: get um, when I was walking the walking the beach, my my brain would just go into the story and, and yeah. percolate it. So I got to get back into the walking the beach, so maybe I can finish this
1: script. <laughs> do you uh, do you ever run dialogue in the shower?
0: Because oh yeah
1: scene you hear the characters talking and you speak for them.
0: I do that. I also run my lines in the in the shower. I, I cannot tell you the number of times I've run down the entire Cleopatra show just in the shower, just from top to bottom. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep. I don't know. There's something <laughs> freeing about the shower, singing in the yeah. shower, doing dialogue. Like, yeah. My family no longer mm-hmm. thinks I'm crazy because they know I talk in the shower because I do. I I hear my characters before. I see them. <laughs> and so When I hear them talking, I will run those lines until I can get somewhere where I can write them down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, That's no funny. right way. It's whatever works for you. Oh, I see
0: a question from Julia. Sorry, I'm bad at looking at the comments on this. I'm new to this program. But Julia, my book is called Dark Beacon, but it is not yet published, so I'm sorry. (laughs) Unless you want to be one of my beta readers, I can't give it to you
1: yet. Oh,
2: (laughs) right. I was going to say, she didn't. She didn't say yes. I want to be a
1: reader yet. Yeah. I'm like she's madly typing probably. <laughs> we had a question from Joe earlier too, and I'm scrolling back up to try and find it here. Um, going back to when we were talking about the Henderson Writers um, Conference. Uh, where is it? Dang it! So many comments. Thank you guys in the audience. You've been wonderful yeah. with the comments, by the way. Excellent, yeah. excellent comments. Here we go. Did the conference online give you moments on how to be more efficient so that when you resume to an in-person type of conference, um, were there things that just work faster?
0: It, I don't know how to explain this, but because we were forced to to rush and do everything, I'm a list maker. And so we are implementing a checklist system so that we have every job that needs to be done on one sheet, even if it's really long, this way we can divvy it up, pass it out to different people and we know everything that will be done and not have to to stress on, did we remember this thing? I'm not as worried about it for an in-person conference, but it is going to make everything so much smoother to have that checklist and definitely doing this one quickly influenced that.
1: Trial by fire, right?
0: Yeah, Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) pretty much. (laughs) <laughs> and Julia says, sign her up. I had a feeling she would say that. <laughs> I was like, she she was taking madly as we, <laughs> as we kind of moved on. <laughs> and Julia is, uh, Julia is a fabulous editor too. So not only is well, she. So you know great,
0: her and you can help connect us. <laughs> she Not only gives great developmental
1: comments, but she's also going to make sure all the commas and punctuation are where they're supposed hey, to be. Hey,
0: I'm all for it. <laughs> I, you know, I am an editor, but when it's my own work, that part it's of my brain right. shuts off. It's hard right. for me to edit my own work. Well, you yeah. know what you meant to say. Your right. brain fills your in brain. Fill Right. Your brain fixes it for you. And it's, you know, the other day I found a missing comment. It's like, I, I always do the Oxford comma. How could I possibly have missed this? <laughs> I'm comma
2: deficient. <laughs> <laughs> Katie does the Shatner comma. <laughs> I'm
1: the <Shatner> comma. <laughs> we we balance funny, each other. <laughs> what's funny is when I edit, I can I can do that part better when it's other yes. people's work. I can find yes. where the commas are supposed right. to be fix that stuff. But when it's me, oh, my God, I sprinkle commas in, like, confetti. It's horrible.
0: Yes. <laughs> because you hear the pause in your mind, so you're like, you must need a, need a comma exactly. right there.
1: <laughs> I hear the dialogue as it comes out with all of these strange pauses that come with natural speech. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but when you're reading someone else's work, it's like your brain goes, oh, wrong, 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 and so yep. you have to fix it. When it's yep. yours, it's, oh, you meant this. <laughs> yep.
1: Yes, I do know your email, Julia. I'll I'll pass it along. Okay, thank you. (laughs) I like that. I just write and an editor puts in my comments. Know your strengths,
0: right? (laughs) Aw, thank you, Julia.
1: I, I love the whole memes that come by that, that really emphasize the need for the Oxford comma. And
0: they, they- <laughs> right. <laughs> it yeah. means something different without the comma. Do you really mean to yes. eat grandma? You know, <laughs> <laughs> bingo. <laughs> it helps me remember. You know, the funny them. thing is they don't use it in England anymore. Like, it's the Oxford comma. Why don't they use it in Oxford? <laughs> <You> no. <know? laughs> That's good. <laughs> yeah.
2: No, I,
1: I I have issues with commas. So that, that, that is my biggest weakness. <laughs> what, okay. What is the one punctuation that, that you never, ever use? Or you hardly ever use when
0: you write? I hardly ever use exclamation points. I am a big M dash fan. I love that. <laughs> mm-hmm. okay. I like semicolons, maybe too much. You know, I've had the note that you have them using semicolons in their dialogue that makes them feel pretentious. So, okay, well, then I will make sure that my pretentious characters continue to do that, and the ones who are not won't.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's a good way to look at it. (laughs) How about Eugene?
2: Me? What don't I use? Um, Colons. I don't like colons. Semicolons, I use. But it, I just haven't figured that one out, and then just you know,
1: colons <laughs> 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 no at all.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I just would rather start a new sentence.
0: <laughs> yeah, exclamation point! Oh, Rebecca, so, I have yeah. used an interrobang, and no one even noticed. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> no one ever uses those. I did it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Uh, Julia limits her exclamation points. I'm one who who throws in extras and have to be have my hands slapped and told not to use them. <laughs> I love yeah. my exclamation points.
0: Because <laughs> it's all
1: so exciting.
2: I, <laughs> I, so I do know when people are yelling, but that's about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, but if you say that they're yelling, you don't need the exclamation point. It's redundant. That's
1: true. At yeah, I, that's one that, that my editors usually have to to cut out. I also have crutch words too, which I, I have to seek and destroy now before I send them off for editing because I get laughed at. Yeah. I had an editor send me back a note telling me I was only allowed to use the word huff once per chapter. My, I had a huff count because I used that too much. And yeah. I was like, You to- have to have your list
0: of words that you know are your go-to words, your ums, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. We all have them, our, our crutches. Ooh, she loads M-dashes. No, I love M-dashes. What? Okay, we need to know why, because I love M-dashes too. Yeah.
0: Why do you load them?
1: My like dashes too. <laughs> the editors that I've
2: had. Type you know? faster,
0: Rebecca. Okay, my,
1: guess, my guess is because they create super overly long sentences, which can affect the flow of the, the paragraph or the, the, um, Oh, what is it? The cadence, the cadence of the the words. Let's see what she says. Oh, she's the parentheses generation. Oh, Oh. (laughs) (laughs) all right. So Anita says it's the comma and the ellipsis for me. Does that mean she doesn't use them, Anita, or do you use them all the time? And Rebecca said, I nailed it. Yeah, because yeah, it creates yeah. overly long sentences. And-, <laughs> and doesn't get the
2: cadence, right? Yep.
0: Yeah, I get you. That's <laughs> an abuse of an M-dash. I try not to abuse them. Yes. And, but- and she said they're often overused,
1: so there you yeah. go. <laughs> Keeps me out of trouble with the commas. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, Anita uses them too much, so too many commas and ellipses. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. We all have our crutches. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. Well, we are actually three minutes over time. This hour went oh, by wow. fast. Went by fast. Yeah. Before we go, I have to say for all of you guys who were, were waiting to find out who our second sponsor is. If you didn't hear me drop the clue earlier, it is Miss Rebecca Jonesy. She is now our boss wow. number two. <laughs> Rebecca Jonesy, aka the author of Realistic Fantasies, Both Sexy and Killer. Miss Dirty Jonesy can be found at Rebecca Jonesy at blogspot.com or you know where to find her on Facebook. She's always around. And we thank you, Rebecca, for being our sponsor for Spilling Ink. We can't wait to work with you more in the future. So, oh, there you go. I'm bossy. I love Rebecca. Both Rebecca and Joe from Go Indie Now are like family to us. And I was so excited when we were able to come together to make this agreement to kind of get even closer as family. And I love working with Go Indie Now. Their shows are absolutely fabulous. And just in case you missed it before, I'll run the banner one more time. 21 Grams is premiering on Monday, June 8th at 8 p.m. Eastern standard time on Facebook's Go Indie Now page. So definitely check that out. It's going to be a fun interview show. You don't want to miss. And um, that's it for us this week. Anybody else have anything they want to mention before we go? No? We're good. It's been a great conversation, Tanya. Great, thank you so Tanya. much for hanging out with us, thank and you. you are welcome back anytime. Please let us know next time you want to pop on and come chat with
0: us. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks and for having me. It was very nice meeting you. <laughs> nice
1: meeting you too. See you guys next week. That's right. We'll Bye. Be back. <laughs> like, share, subscribe, tell a friend, and we will be back with more authors and people in the publishing industry to chat with you next week. Bye, guys.